Welcome to the first ever, the first annual, the f- first weekly. I don't know how often these are going to happen, but welcome to the first Sports Hacks podcast. We are at Medina Cigar. It's not going to be like this every week, but this week we are spoiled. I'm Josh Flagner, but that's only important because every podcast needs an old guy who doesn't know anything. My guests today are actually going to have facts. They are Jake Altman, Ryan Thompson, and Damian Bowman. Everyone say hi at the same time so the intro doesn't take forever. Yo, Hi. hi. All right, so that's it. That's the whole intro. I don't think we have any sponsors or anything because we don't have any money. Uh, I'm certainly not getting paid, but I did get a piece of pizza. You're not getting paid? No, I'm not getting paid. Are you getting paid? Yes. Can we swear? I'm paid in friendship. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not getting paid, I don't know why I am. It's in my contract. The conversation that we started to have before before Damien hit record here, we were talking about Halls of Fame. And and it's especially pertinent uh, right now because just last weekend, the Football Hall of Fame had their uh, Hall of Fame class. I don't even know everyone who got in. I know Jason Taylor got in because... Go Zips. Yeah, Jason. Zippers. Oh, my God. These people. Oh, and they high-fived. They high-fived. <laughs> and uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame class uh, was announced, so we, we know all those people. And we were just talking about how I think we are all in agreement that Halls of Fame are terrible, terrible places with terrible, terrible requirements to get in. Just kind of silly. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. So who is who is everyone's worst Hall of Famer? Like who's the one guy in any sport who just should not be in? I'll start. Uh, Jerry Jones does not deserve to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. I think that's pretty unreasonable. Wow. No Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones owns a team. He spent money. Other than that, what did he do? No, there's okay, a lot of, okay, a lot well, of owners. Okay, okay. So Jerry Jones, uh, I believe, right? And I know Art Modell is also part of this. So those are the two guys who brought the NFL to television. We are Cleveland guys. So I think if we're going to talk about full life achievements, I think that that is is a bigger deal than we, yeah, people may want to yeah. give them credit for. I mean, you got DeBartolo Jr. in the Hall of Fame as well, right? So, I mean, I think there's there's owners who certainly, uh, you know, I, I think what we kind of discussed before we got on was that, uh, you know, when when you're when you're going into the Hall of Fame, right, right now it's kind of a, a, a museum, a library of statistics, and, uh, you know, I think if, if we're talking about the way it should be, if it's, you know, big, strong personalities from the game, um, Jerry Jones certainly is a personality that has driven the NFL, that is, uh, you know, he, he makes the NFL uh, must-see TV just by the way that he acts, the things that he says. I think he belongs in there. How many Super Bowls does Jerry Jones have in the last 20 years? I See, and here is here's my argument, and here's where I would take. I would take uh, Jerry Jones and DeBartolo and Art Modell, uh, God rest his soul, in the Hall of Fame, uh, over Terrell Davis, I think those guys were much more important to the game of football. I don't necessarily think that the Hall of Fame has to be about championships. I don't think greatest player alive arguments has to be about championships. I don't I don't think they have to be about statistics. I don't think it matters to me that Jerry Jones has never taken a snap. Those men were more important to shape the game of football than probably half the players in the Hall of Fame. I think they definitely deserve it. When you're telling the story of football, there are very few renditions that don't include Jerry Jones. I think that's right. I think I'll say there's people who are are not in the Hall of Fames that are more egregious to me than people who are in the Hall of Fames. And I know that there's reasons, but I look at baseball as kind of the, the example of this. You know, the baseball writers tend to be 
a little bit traditionalist dodgy would be the word I would oh. use that uh, you know they, they've decided that certain guys aren't going to get in you know they don't like guys from the steroid era uh, but also guys like a guy like shoeless Joe Jackson how long how much longer I mean how, how much longer are we going to go without him being in a guy I mean now Pete Rose is a, is a different Pete example Rose. because Pete Rose just there's more st- it seems like every day more bad stuff Every year, there's something else bad well, about Ty Pete Cobb's Rose. Ty Cobb's in the Hall of Fame. But, but Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. That's Ty right. Ty Cobb is an asshole. Right. So, <laughs> well, so was, you don't have to be was, nice. How, how to is be in it the that? Hall of fame. Yeah, True. but I mean, how is it that we have guys who you know have been labeled as uh, as bad dudes, as cheaters, who are not in the Hall of Fame, even though they've had a profound impact on the game? Uh, but there's guys who are just all around also bad guys who probably also you know did some things that were questionable. I mean, you brought up Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb's a terrible person. And nobody really knew. And and here's the thing: like, there there's probably two generations of baseball fans that don't know the kind of terrible person Ty Cobb was. And the people that grew up with Ty Cobb probably uh, probably have a uh, more substantial history of. I mean, are anybody anybody grew up with Ty Cobb still alive? I don't even know. But probably not. They but they probably I knew. Wasn't, not they me. probably knew a little bit more. And then now I feel like there's a generation of fans that are probably our age. Like you guys are younger than me, but um, who who know a little bit more because it gets pushed around in the internet all the time. We read a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't know how bad a guy Ty Cobb was when I was 18, you know, as an example. So it's not even that I think Ty Cobb shouldn't be in. But that's my, that, that's my argument for guys like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. And I've said it before, and I'm sure I've said it on old podcasts that I've done, but those guys need to be in the Hall of Fame. Because they were so important to shaping what we see as the game today. Now, they shouldn't shy away from the the HGH or the steroid use or any of the PED stuff. All that should go in, but they should be there. I mean, they deserve it. If they're, well, if they're not in, we're discounting a, what, 12 to 15 years of baseball. That's a lot of baseball that you're just saying. The 90s essentially didn't happen. And right. I think you and growth. I mean, the, the sport grew exponentially oh, yeah. in that in that 15 and years. And then once they cracked down, it, it shrunk again. Right. <laughs> well, and if, okay, if putt, it, again, this is me. I I think I read an article during the enshrinement ceremony, or just the, the class. Pudge is like a known steroid user, yes? Like well, I, I mean, known as far as we've heard it rumored. He, a whole he, bunch of he never. I don't think he ever got popped, but uh, neither did Barry Bonds. But yeah, but I mean, I think a lot. There's a lot of people. He, I think he was named in a book, right? So there's a lot of guys who were okay. named in a book. He was one of those guys. I'm who, in a book. You're in a book. I'm in a book. What book? I'm in two books. Wow. Did you write them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell him now. Bob did. Bob McDonald wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> But my so my argument for um, Shoeless Joe Jackson and all those other guys, just make them eligible. Yeah, right. Because they're not even, like Pete Rose. Make them eligible. We have no idea yeah. if they're actually going to get in because right. they're not even eligible. That's right. Well, I mean, and you know. look, I mean, guy, I think Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds are eligible, oh, they are. and they they're are. they're not in. Right. And and you know, it's because uh, you know you have guys, uh, some of these some of these older guys who are baseball writers. Uh, who and not necessarily older in age, but you know they have that that traditionalist traditional mentality, mentality, right? Oh, that was cool. Um, where they're, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, well, let's let's take let's take our junk out and measure them against each other just to show how much tra- how traditional we are, and uh, you know what I'm going to keep voting no because this guy is going to keep voting no, um, and kind of. But there are so many there are so many players in the Hall of Fame who have 
done some pretty borderline bad things that we don't have these baseball traditionalists going out and speaking against. Yeah, it's not like yeah. there's a, a movement to remove Ty Cobb, no, or to you know put a spotlight on Gaylord Perry's ball doctoring or you know any of that bullshit, right? So it, it isn't. I don't. I don't even think that it's that they care that Barry Bonds broke a rule or did a bad thing. It's that. I, these new guys are breaking rules and doing bad things and ruining all of the previous terrible things. If you're going to erase the 90s, get rid of the 70s and all the, the, the meth everybody was using. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, get rid of the fact that you have, you know, pitchers going out and throwing perfect games high on LSD. Yeah. You know, like, if that's got it. That's a problem. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's not a problem. Look, it's a sport. And I'm not trying to say that everybody should just run out and do LSD, although if you do it a couple times, it's probably not so bad. Uh, but, <laughs> but maybe it's not that big of a problem. Like let's let's just all get together and we'll we'll all tell the story of our favorite sports and the guys that you cannot get a, you, the guys that you can't stray away from saying their name. Those are the guys that are in. It's just like uh, another example in the basketball Hall of Fame, which isn't the NBA Hall of Fame, which is a whole other argument that we don't have time for, but. We get the basketball for a minute, and that'll send us over to Kyrie, and it'll be perfect. But Christian Leitner, the the conversation was Christian Leitner deserves to be in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, and he does. Yeah, and it and it isn't, and not based on his NBA career. But you can't get around talking about college basketball and not mention Christian Leitner and those Duke teams. That's right. Yep. That's right. right. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, all right. Agreement yes. all around. Well, they, I mean. I was listening to Mike and Mike, and they were talking about the Dream Team since today is the anniversary of that that team. But um, they like he was added as an afterthought, and that like right when he was kind of like prime Leitner, he, he was just like he was <laughs> prime like Leitner. prime Leitner. Come on, there was no prime, prime awful Freddie White dude. Is that <laughs> they just they, they said hey we need to put after '88 we need to put a college guy on the team because this is still amateurs. Like that's the reason he was there. They still do that. Well, I thought it was just one guy that everybody hates. Like they just need one guy that everybody hates, so that way all the all so the, they can meet the requirement. The hate, yeah, <laughs> the hate media. It's like yeah, it's I mean, the the, it just kind of kind of takes the takes mind. the heat off of uh, off of some somebody else, right? So you you can't you can't hate on Charles Barkley because you're too busy hating on somebody else. Right. I know, would never. Speaking of anniversaries, yesterday was back to Barry Bonds, uh, 1997, oh, the anniversary of the, of the yeah. home run. Man, I, seven, and I what was you, it? Seven fifty-six, right? You, yeah, I remember watching that. Everybody watched it. If you weren't, everybody watching it, watched yeah. it. Everybody. Can you imagine that in the age of social media? Like, if, but 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 think about when it did happen. Think about when it did happen. Think about what kind of cable you had. We didn't have the same right. kind of media we had. Now. Nineteen ninety-seven, right? And. How was many? It that long ago? I thought it was, two, thought it was right? in the two thousands. Was it two thousand seven? No, it was two thousand seven. But it was it was early two thousands. Let me just 2000s. look it up. Yeah. Why don't we do that? I mean, but that's I, still fifteen years ago. I, like I didn't. Things. I certainly didn't see it live. I, I probably watched it on Sports Center about four times the next day when Sports Center was good. Well, <laughs> but it, it's so crazy to think about that because I I graduated in ninety nine. So I didn't. In high school, I didn't have the internet the way we had. Like, it existed a little bit, but I was still using encyclopedias. Like, my mom still has my old set of encyclopedias in her house that she won't throw away. And I don't know why. It's like the 1998 Britannica or something. Ten years ago. It was only ten? Wow. That's crazy. And how many Cardinals-Giants games 
or Cardinals uh, Cubs games when McGuire and Sosa were chasing. How many of those games did you guys miss? This, this is what I'm saying. When you said None. you didn't watch it on TV, no. I remember all those games being on TV. Uh, I I maybe maybe they were. Every single one of them was probably after my bedtime. Maybe. Oh my God. <laughs> and we're aging. Yeah, ourselves. thanks for stopping in, Jake. Everybody, that's the last you'll hear of him. Turn, I turn his microphone off. <laughs> well, but look, let, the Hall of Fame conversation is fun, but it's definitely something that we've all talked about before. Let's hit on something that's a little bit more current. And, and there are two things that I think we started to talk about a little bit. Uh, the, the first one is current to Cleveland and back to basketball. Did anyone listen to the David Griffin interview on the jump about Kyrie? I, I didn't listen to the interview, but I heard the excerpt about how he went about the trade. Mm. And I tend to agree with it. Like, he's not – he's not – how do I put this? He went to Dan privately – or he went to – he went to – Griffin. David yeah. Griffin. Yeah, I'm having a brain fart right now. That's fine. <laughs> I'll handle it. It's been a it. long he, day. He, he went privately, and he wanted, to, he wanted to go, and he wanted to talk about fulfilling his – fulfilling his prime, seeing how good he can be, and really playing on a team that didn't have the same kind of dysfunction. And the word that David Griffin used that I was really surprised about, not that I assumed Griffin would be, uh, disloyal is a weird term, but I, I, I wouldn't assume that he'd be disrespectful about any of his former players. But he said it was courageous, which I thought was interesting, and also makes me a whole lot more uh, skeptical about the Cavs organization moving forward. If you've got the former general manager, the guy who put those teams together, went to three straight finals, won one. We all know how instrumental David Griffin was in everything that happened there. And Griffin's description of Kyrie's trade request was courageous. I cannot imagine what it would be like to go to work in that sort of environment. Not that it's terrible and Cavs employees have it good and they're happy. You know, I'm... I don't want to make them to be martyrs or that Dan Gilbert is actually Satan. He's not tall enough to be Satan. But, uh, I mean, it can't be great if the leader of your team is calling a trade request courageous. Yeah. No, I, I, that, I, I did not hear the interview or okay. see anything about it. So I'm kind of on the outside as I am with everything. Here. Same. But that, yep. that's, uh, that's interesting that he would use that word courage. Like, I mean, we're talking about sports here. We're not talking right. about like – you know, well, giving up your firstborn kid here. And he also criticized Ron Harper, and I don't have the Ron Harper quote in front of me mostly because I'm too lazy to pull it up on my phone. But he said something about uh, – he criticized Kyrie and said that it was it's always going to be a two- or three-star team. You're never going to be the guy who carries the team. When LeBron was out, you didn't carry the team and, and all those things. And, uh, and, and that was really kind of what brought out that comment because David Griffin criticized Ron Harper and said, look, the places that Kyrie wanted to go – he didn't want to go lead a bunch of ragtag players on a bad team. He, it's not like he requested a trade to the Kings. He wanted to go to San Antonio. He wanted to go to situations that had solid coaching, solid players, solid veterans. He really wanted to go find out how good that he could be. And for some reason in this organization, with or without LeBron, LeBron cast, LeBron cast the biggest shadow in the NBA, maybe in the NBA, maybe in NBA history, and, and that's even, that's a, not even the same conversation as greatest player of all time. But LeBron casts a huge shadow, and you know Kyrie. You look at on the court, and you think about the direction of the front office and the ownership. He wanted to go somewhere. It wants to go somewhere. Really, probably still. And be the absolute best he could be. He doesn't think that's in Cleveland. I think. Think about uh, you know if, if if I try to to put this on my own 
my own, uh, you know, personal experience, you know, say that you, you work for a company, right? The company's bringing in a lot of money, doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, you know, you know, you're, you're making good money. You're, you know, it, it's, it's, a, you're successful in your field, but if you can, if you don't feel like a, you know, like your company's doing things the right way, if you don't feel, you know, if you feel like your boss and your boss's boss are incompetent, or if you know, there's your boss's boss's boss is actually calling all the shots and he's not very good at it. He just has the money or whatever it is. Um, you know, are you talking about me? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh you know if you have uh <laughs> if you put yourself I can in hear you by the way <laughs> if you put yourself in there in, in in his shoes here you know he's got a boss in you know in uh in tyron Lu who you know i don't know what everybody else's opinion is on tyron Lu, but i don't think anybody is nominating him for coach of the year uh, yeah but nobody doesn't Nobody dislikes him either. No, no, but I mean, you know, you kind of have you kind of have the the yes man as the boss. You've got David Griffin who wants to leave. You know. So okay, so here's my question for you guys, and I don't mean to interrupt you. But yeah. What's the biggest problem with the Cleveland Cavaliers? What's the single point of failure in that organization? There isn't one. I think it's I think it's a comedy of of of, of continuous misfirings, right? I think that we have we have at least before before Griff left. We kind of had three immovable folks. Well, you got you got Dan Gilbert, you've got LeBron, and you got David Griffin. But do you think Griffin was immovable, or well, no, obviously not because he's he's gone. Right. Um, well, no, but even in his point of view, it, is that what I think you're getting at? And it and it isn't that he was immovable because Dan Gilbert could fire anybody. I think I think that David Griffin was immovable to the point where he wanted a raise. But I think that he could have been negotiated into some things. He could have yeah. been negotiated into president of basketball operations. Sure. Um, he could have been negotiated into I, – I mean, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't in those rooms. I don't know all the things that he would have liked to do. Um, look, if, if, if there's a point of failure, I would think that it's probably stubbornness from Dan Gilbert's point of view. The thing that I don't want to do is take away – any credit or goodwill that he's built up for being willing to spend the kind of money that he does. Oh yeah, sure. No, no, no. Okay. Sure. Absolutely not saying so, that. So uh, I'm. It, it's not a Dan Gilbert hate fest, even though I made a joke about him not being tall enough to be Satan, which he isn't, or else he might be. But it, <laughs> it's the only thing. But really, <laughs> it's the only thing. No, no, no. But I, I think the lack of continuity in the front office there is really that point of failure, and I don't. And lack of continuity in the front office is a fancy way of saying Dan Gilbert's stubborn, because because there's no other there's no other force that would make that front office well not have consistency. But Dan, but LeBron James is probably pretty stubborn too. Absolutely, I was, I was actually going to say that the black hole that is LeBron James, like he has so much gravity around him, it's got to be hard with that. You've got Gilbert, whose pride is probably his downfall. At, at some point, like he's going to fly, he's Icarus, he's going to fly too close to the sun and it's all going to well, come crashing he, down. He's already done that. I mean, you know, yeah. LeBron already left on him, right? The sun, the, everything came crashing down down on him. I mean. And he has to appease LeBron somewhat. I mean, like, sure. let's not forget the letter. And, well, yeah, right. And he had to go grovel to LeBron and we had plane tracking way back when, right? I mean, like he had to go down there and say, hey man, that was, that was my bad. Sorry, bro. And he is so prideful that I'm sure he got around saying sorry straight up. And, and he said it in a different way, and LeBron somewhat accepted yeah, it. And maybe. Gilbert's not going to be that guy. I would tell you, and 
and I, I'm not trying to just be a LeBron apologist here. Maybe I am, but that's that's really not the point of this. I would tell you that four years ago, I think there's more than one point of failure in the Cavs organization, and sure. LeBron is part of it. I don't think now he is. I think that he had enough of a relationship with David Griffin, and I mean, it. of course, of course, he got phone calls when they were talking about trading people. All stars always do. Yeah. Um, but I don't think now, you know, at this point, with what happened and to not renewing Griffin's contract and all this other stuff, I don't think LeBron is that. I really don't. Do, do you think this? This kind of stems back from the beginning of the of the conversation here. I mean, could could David Griffin calling Kyrie Irving courageous just be uh, David Griffin crying over spilled milk? Mm, I mean, sure. I look. Is he, he is on he, his own? He, he did leave right? on his own. Yeah, I mean, but he, he had but, an offer on the table, so he did. You but, spilled your own milk. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I, I would find it hard to believe that he he harbors no ill will for the Cavaliers and for Dan Gilbert. Oh, I'm sure he has ill will towards Dan Gilbert. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's absolutely ill will there. Yeah, so but I, I think mean, that he I think still that, has enough respect for those other three guys: LeBron and Dan Gilbert and Kyrie to not be a jackass. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that's true, but uh, I mean, I think that. Uh, you know, if 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 I left an organization, I might be encouraging for other people to leave too. I would say that. I would say that if David Griffin waits to write his tell-all book or produce the thirty for thirty or whatever that's called about the Cleveland Cavaliers until after he retires from basketball, then it's fine. If he does all that stuff when he's like the president of the Suns or whatever the next job he gets, then I would say, yeah, he's 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 top level petty and maybe he's just. Uh, He's just saying what he needs to say to make the Cavs look bad. But honestly, at this point, with all the stuff, and from a, a fan's point of view, and I don't know him personally, I don't know if anybody does. Well, somebody does. Another Yahoo's in here do. Uh, like, know David Griffin personally. I just I just don't get the feeling that he would be that kind of person. Yeah, I mean, no. If, if LeBron leaves and makes those same comments, I probably think it has something to do with like a Snapchat subtweet or some shit like that, right? But but with David Griffin and the reputation he has, I, I mean, I think he was being, I think he's being real. I think he made enough really hard decisions in the Cavs front office, w- trades, coaches, everything. I think he made enough really hard decisions to deserve that benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure. Where Where's Kyrie going? Oh, I don't know. I, I to be to be honestly, I I don't I know. Think he, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't. I kind of don't think so either. I think he's here, and people are you know, oh, get out of here. You know, you don't want to be here. We don't want you. Sorry. When they yeah. throw the ball up on October seventeenth, everybody will be downtown yelling and cheering for him. Yeah, yeah. You know because when there's nothing going on, that's when everybody bitches. And sure. When the ball's in play, everybody loves him. Well, I mean, I think you know, I think Kyrie Irving is a great basketball player, and and I want Kyrie Irving to stay on the Cavaliers because. He's a great point guard, and I think he helps our chances to win. And, uh, you know, I think if, if the other trades that have gone down this offseason are any, any indication, we're not going to get nearly enough back for him to, to no. make it worth it. So, you, you know, know and, and if he's still on the Cavs when we when we tip off, it, so be it. Let's let's go. Let's roll. And what you said earlier, you know, about disgruntled employees or whatever, like he can be not happy to be here and yeah. still be very good at his job. That's true. He's you under know, contract, and, he, right. you know, he's, he's, he's a professional basketball player. Right. You know, he's – I think uh, – you know, I think he's a he's a good enough a good enough guy and a, a professional enough guy to where, you know, he'll put his head down and do his do his job when the time comes. I don't think that uh, you know I, I've heard a lot of speculation that maybe you know by the time training camp starts this needs to be handled or he's going to stop showing up or you know. But I don't think that's the case. He doesn't he doesn't strike me as as that guy. Well, Kyrie yeah. seems like a guy that's like a legacy guy. 
like he wants to go somewhere and prove that he's an elite player. He doesn't. He wants to be out of the shadow of LeBron and prove he's an elite player. So I don't think he's going to do something that will taint his legacy, where he's going to tank. Right? He's going to tank. I didn't get my way. Yeah, he's, well, he's not going to tank. I mean, I, if he's still on the Cavaliers, you know, when we start playing, I, I don't think that he's going to say I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not going to play my hardest or anything like that. I don't think it would be anything like that. I think if he was going to do anything, it would be, you know, that uh, when, when it when it comes time to report, he says. I don't think so. Yeah, you know, here's the thing also about Kyrie. We were talking about where he's going to go, and, and we all kind of think he's still going to be here. And whatever the circumstances are, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, uh, nobody in this room, or least of all any other Cavs fan. But I can see that anybody that's listening, and you've made it this far, and you're not a basketball fan, or you're not a Cavs fan, and you have some sort of an opinion about what Cavs fans will feel if he goes. or I mean, because everybody everybody in the country watched Cleveland flip out when LeBron left the first time, and uh, that wasn't pretty, you know. Um but for me, anyway, from this Cavs fan, and, and at least from a bunch of Cavs fans that I have talked to um, about this, if Kyrie gets traded tomorrow and he goes anywhere else, doesn't matter where he plays, I'm going to root for Kyrie Irving. Like I still like Kyrie Irving. Not only do I think that he was, I mean, obviously instrumental in, in the Cavs' success in my lifetime, not only did he, I mean, he played hard enough in 2015 broke his kneecap he shouldn't even been in the effing game i he makes the shot he he outperforms all of our ridiculous expectations especially defensively in that 2016 finals whatever happens i mean i'm a kyrie irving fan and i'm always going to be a kyrie irving fan and it and it helps to me that I think what's come out in the last couple of weeks, you know, after that initial reports that he wanted to trade and everybody was bagging on him. And I, I was I was pretty negative about it, too. Like, I didn't know everything. So I was emotionally like, well, come on, dude, what the hell? Really, dude? Um, but I, I really think it has a whole lot more to do with wanting to be the best player that he can be, the best person that he can be, and... And just realizing that there are probably some toxic issues at the very top of this organization that he didn't want to deal with. And I feel that. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? And that's not a, by the way, if anyone's listening, that's that's not an indictment on my current employer. I really like it there. And they let me do lots of cool stuff. Same. But, but like, I've been. Same. Same. <laughs> but I've been there, right? Like, you've I've worked for good companies and made a bunch of money and hated it and tried and, and left. Yeah, and you leave, you know? You, you know what I mean? And that, that doesn't mean, like, nobody stopped being friends with me at that other place I worked at because I stabbed them in the back, you know? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, Kyrie Irving is good with me. I, I really do. I think so. There's just this this uh, there's this thought amongst fans and amongst the general populace, I suppose, that you know if if you're a professional athlete, you know you're somehow since you're on the you're in the the public eye all the time, you're supposed to supposed to act differently, right? He's supposed to just go about. He's making so much money. He's just supposed to go about doing his job because that's you know he gets paid to do it. He gets paid well to do it. But I mean, and I think it goes back to if you put yourself in that situation. Uh, and you know you kind of scale things back to your level of income and all those things uh, you know you, if opportunities present themselves for you to advance in your career if opportunities present themselves if you're not happy and you get another opportunity to do do what you need to do uh, I think you take that opportunity and I, I think it's fair for for Kyrie to want to leave and you know part of me says if you don't want to be here then you know there's the door and the other part of me says you know if you don't want to be here and you think you can do better somewhere else 
you know, more power to you. I'll, you know, we'll be here if you want to come back and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you whatever support I can when you're somewhere else, you know, unless you're, unless you're playing the Cavs. But he totally could have done this. I mean, he could have waited till the end of his contract. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. that's, that's two more years though. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a long time. But, but my point is, is he could say, I'll stay here well, yeah. for two years and you guys get nothing for me. I mean, I think it, I mean, with yeah. doing this now, well, I think he's saying, look, I don't want to be here. Send me somewhere else, and then whatever you get from me is what you get from me, which is better than getting absolutely nothing. From well, and, me. You, and, that's you, true. and you know what? Anybody, anybody listening that did listen to the jump, that's perfect because it. Rem- like I did forget a thing we were talking about. That's one of the reasons that David Griffin said that that Kyrie trade request was courageous because he didn't stay here and pretend like he was all in when he wasn't. I mean that that means something too. You know that's what true. I'm saying? Right. That's true. I mean, he could like I said, he could just say, "Screw it, I'll do two years, and I'm out. I'm not going to tell anybody why." Or I can get out now, and you guys can get something for me, and then everybody's good. And also, you can have a good look at why. You know, now you know why, so now you can fix it for the next guy. Right. Or don't fix it. <laughs> if you don't want if to. If you can't. Right. If it can't be fixed, it can't be the fixed. The problem, which I, I mean, I think I've said this to each of you, is I think the biggest problem is the, the whatever the issue is between LeBron James and Dan, Dan Gilbert. I mean, those two guys can't stand each other. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the most obvious love-hate relationship in right. probably sports. I think it, it was probably. clear even before he he, he did his, his barbershop interview, LeBron, on the you know on, on his podcast or whatever that was. It was clear that they didn't like each other before, and I think it was even more clear after that. I mean, it was he came out and just as much said that he doesn't like the owner and that his family doesn't like the owner. And, and that, that's fine. I, that, you yeah. don't have to like the boss. Yeah, no, that's you don't. Fine. You don't. Absolutely. You and, just have to work together. Right. And really, I mean, what level of uh, – you know what? What level of really working together does LeBron have to do with Dan Gilbert? He plays basketball. Dan Gilbert sits on the stands. Well, but LeBron dictates who's in and out, that's, which affects Gilbert's paycheck. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, yeah. Kind of tied to each well, other. Well, I think that. Uh, All I the think way that, around. Wait. Right. What? LeBron affects who's in and out and affects Gilbert's paycheck. Well, I mean, his you know. Income. I think it oh, goes. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Luxury tax. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. All that. Okay. Yeah. The ends and yeah. outs of the money. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good point. Yeah, I mean. I mean, LeBron had a Hillary concert, and 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 Dan Gilbert had a Trump fundraiser, and I'm not sure that you could get more polarized yeah. than that in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> things, things, maybe that was evidence that things on the the SS Cavaliers yeah. were heading towards an iceberg. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. So okay. So here, this is off topic, I guess, or no, sort, every, of, sort of. Everything's topic. on topic. You're just going to stop us when the buzzer goes off. It doesn't what, matter. How? I mean, I, and I think I said I might have said this to at least one of you. I mean, if LeBron Shit. really wanted to make everybody feel comfortable, he would just say, "I'm in for five years," right? Sure. I mean, wouldn't that make? Doesn't that kind of smooth at least maybe things over with free agents who might want to come here or are afraid to come here because they'll be gone in a year or two? That would be the most obvious thing to do is say, "Hey, guys, I'm here. I'm committed." But sign, but, but I'm saying, sign the sign the paper. Oh yeah, like to there's me, a difference between signing a contract and saying, "Like, hey, I'm going to be here for sure." Clink, right. Clink. Right. But but at the same time, I think that LeBron is able to continue to exert pressure to for the Cavaliers to continue to try to improve by saying, "Look, if you know, if 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 it comes to the end of this year and I feel like we haven't improved, I'm going to go." I think that that's a it's a it. For a, as a fan, you know I'd, I like 
that that kind of pressure is being exerted on on ownership and on and on upper management, right? I wish that there was someone on the Indians who was saying, and this is not an indictment on on the Indians' ownership. I mean, I think you know we get plenty of cheap Dolan's talk everywhere else. I think they've been fine. I think you know we've had a, a few really good years of them going out and spending the money. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. We went to the World Series last year, so can't really complain. But but if we had a player on the Indians, you know, say Francisco Lindor only wanted to sign, you know, one year at a time, just to ensure that. You know that we weren't going to go back to the old way in three years and say, "Well, everybody, we're going to sell everybody off. We're going to just try to do this with prospects." Uh, I don't. I don't know that the cat. It's not. It's not the same situation, obviously. But I think that I do appreciate uh, as a fan that you know, although it makes me uncomfortable that LeBron could leave, I appreciate that he's continuing to exert pressure for the Cavaliers to improve, or at least that's how I that's how I perceive it. See, I wonder if maybe you're helping make my argument that Dan Gilbert's stubbornness and, and just Dan Gilbert in general might be the point of failure in an organization that he needs he needs someone to put those screws to him. Right. Uh, I, and I'm not sure that it can possibly work the same way in baseball, although if you got me drunk enough, I might tell you that somehow Tito is taking that mantle in in the Indians organization. Sure, I mean, yeah. Maybe not I with think his contract, I think that's but, fair. Um, I mean, he could retire at any time. He's done enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Terrell Pryor, and now he's gone. So, <laughs> Yeah, I almost tried to make up an answer. I was almost like, shit, i got to think of something real fast. Mm. But... Um, but, 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 yeah, I mean, somebody has to... Well, here, look, we had when LeBron was gone, we, we have the evidence. We have the proof that Dan Gilbert can't really help himself to put together a really good team without LeBron, right? Like that happened. Was he motivated to put together a team, though? I mean, well, he I mean, care? he guaranteed the nation that he would win a championship before he wouldn't let LeBron yeah. and his guys in the fucking parking garage. I mean, I would say he was pretty motivated. He, he was also Donald Trump. He yeah, just, right. He just, he does is. not know when to stop talking. Only he's shorter. Yeah, that's wonder, true. I wonder okay. how their hand sizes compare. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. No, but but I, I do think that, that that helps. Like, you've got to have that guy put the screws to him. So would it be... Would it be more fun in, in kind of the everyday fanhood the legions of everyday fans and and I don't want to be like snobby about it but you know a lot of people argue that LeBron should just sign the contract and I don't know that that's the best thing for the organization and and look LeBron's another guy like if he goes at this point well I mean if if the situation here in Cleveland becomes so untenable that he's got to go too and go I'm I'm a LeBron fan too I yeah. mean Right. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't a LeBron fan when he went to Miami, but I feel like at this point, you know, he's, he's delivered the championship. I, I'm i an older person, you know. I, I'm no not, one's going to be mad if he leaves. Right. If he leaves, yeah. I mean, no. I'm not going to say no one's going to be mad. Well, there, there, be, there will be people who angst. will be mad, sure. right? Yeah. But, but you know, I, I think at this point, if, if, if LeBron goes to the Lakers, you know, I'm not going to run out and buy a LeBron James Lakers jersey, but I'll watch on TV and I won't throw things around when he scores like I did when he was in Miami. Right. I might um, uh, buy a, a LeBron James jersey or something cheap on clearance and burn that just for fun. Because <laughs> <But laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just to burn something. Yeah, like, that's that's not a big was, deal. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'll cook a hot dog over it. But but no, I mean, seriously, he could go and, and, and that'd be fine. And, and the reason is, and maybe it's bad, like maybe it's because Cleveland was so bad for so long or maybe I'm just emotional about finally winning a championship. Like I'm I'm 36. Like we haven't won shit. 
Right. We didn't win anything. Look, we made a couple of fun World Series. We didn't win any of those Worlds. We're so effing hard up for good times. We put a statue of a guy up who didn't win a World Series and then left for more money. Right. I mean, right. how how stupid how stupid is that? And the Jim Tomey statue is stupid, and nobody can ever argue with me about it. I'm sorry, it's stupid, but. But, like, that's how hard up we were for a good time. Like, that's how much we wanted to just win something that we celebrate an era of teams that almost won something. Like, like there are whole, like, nine Hall of Famers. You, you know what I mean? So, when the Cavs finally won that championship, and I... <laughs> I'm done. Like it's cool. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm almost where I'm I'm happy. I'm right. nothing nothing really matters anymore. I'm not even mad that Brock Osweiler is starting the first preseason game. Like I'm not even mad about that. I think oh, I, how are people still Browns fans? Man beats me. Yeah. I mean Honestly. I watched one Browns game on television last year and it was because I was somewhere for Christmas Eve and it was on the TV. Oh yeah, Saturday, that's and, right. And they won. So <laughs> I, I was on the golf course on Sundays more than I was watching the Browns because yep. golf was cheaper on Sundays because I knew people were watching football. Yep, yep. And I, I, I you know, I, I filled the uh, a few years ago now, I filled my NFL void because the Browns are so bad by watching soccer on Sundays. So that's... What about you, Josh? That's that. Uh, because Cousin's Cigar in Cleveland is a one cigar walk from the stadium. So anytime that I go to meet some friends, I park at the strip club, get a cigar, and smoke it on the way to the yeah. stadium, and I'm done by the time you walk in, and there everything's perfect. There you go. <laughs> so how are they, they going to be this year? Fill me in here, somebody. Six and ten. Come on. On the high end. Five, five Wait, and 11. they won one game last year. Yep. And, and we're going from – we, you guys, I'm not a Browns fan, are going from one to six – yeah, I think so. And I'll put that squarely on the offensive line. I really think they made some improvements on the offensive line, and that's going to at least put them in a position to score something, right? Maybe. Like the crow will be released from the offensive line. I think if they can block correctly, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. But what did, I think the Vegas line is three and a half, four and a half. I think they'll go over. I'll take the over on that. A friend of mine made a prop bet. Uh, Dave, if you're listening, Dave Sunrise, so you can follow him on Twitter at Either Dave Stunners or D Stunners, I can never forget. I never remember. Uh, he Some made a friend. Yeah, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> but I don't know his, his name autofills when I put start typing it. Uh, he made a prop bet with his friend. What will be higher or what will be lower? Uh, Browns wins or the cheapest Browns ticket on StubHub? Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Pre-fee. 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 The, the cheapest mm. pre-fee Browns mm. ticket on StubHub. And I could not, like, I thought about it for 45 minutes. I got, like, it's a push. It's five. It's five. <laughs> it's five. <laughs> so I saw preseason tickets for $2. No, you can't. Yeah, well, preseason tickets is different, right? No, no. I was, does it include the preseason? Because if that's no. the case, then I'll, no. Okay. No, we can't include it. The preseason scrimmages. shouldn't even exist. I've got, I've, I've got, I've got eight games is, uh, eight games. I will finish watching eight Browns games this season. Regular season games. Yes. I will watch eight Browns games the whole way through. Hmm. Is that like, like a conglomeration of the games that you watch or you'll actually watch watch single games? Eight single games I will watch At the end of the season, it won't add up to eight games. No, I will probably watch Uh, more uh, Raiders games than Browns games this year. I'll watch more Saints games than Browns fans. Browns games Uh, for sure. You know the honest reason about why I'm kind of a closet Raiders fan? I'd like like you to lie to me here. No, all right. Well, (laughs) because I think they're great. When When I was a little kid, 
I was, ah, shit, I don't know, uh, maybe 14. My parents got me a VHS tape from NFL Films of the every Super Bowl. It was like the story of every Super Bowl. It, it talked about how the Super Bowl got its name, like the, the Packers and the Chiefs and the Old Raiders and all that bullshit. Well, and I, I think it only went up to, man, 40? Maybe, I don't know. Do the math. I'm terrible at math. But it wasn't a lot of Super Bowls. Okay. It fit on one tape. Uh, and... What year was it the Raiders beat the Eagles? The Raiders beat Dick Vermeil and the Eagles. And the reason that I like them is because the matchup was described on the tape as uh, Dick Vermeil's uh, disciplined, well-oiled machine Eagles versus the freewheeling, villainous Raiders. And there was like at that moment, there was like a Raiders player with like blood all over his jersey. And I and I was 13, 14 years old. And I was like, I'm fucking in. I'm in <laughs> the freewheeling villainous Raiders. Raiders. I am. By- yep. That's I it. See that. That's the- <laughs> I could see that. That's a good one. That's, that's why. That's it. That's who's, why I'm a Raiders fan. Who's your alternate NFL team? My alternate NFL team is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I Homer. yeah, I, uh, I grew up in in just north of New Orleans. So I, uh, you know, I kind of. Kind of fell in love while I lived down there with well, them, and uh, how are they like your second team? Yeah. Then wouldn't they be your first your team? And well, I mean, my I I come from a, a Northeast Ohio family, right? So I was raised a Browns fan and an Indi- and an Indians fan. Uh, I just you know, so I was kind of thrown into uh, into New Orleans when I was about eight or nine, uh, and at that time I had already been kind of brainwashed into being a Browns fan. So yeah, the, the Browns will always be first. Do you do uh, you do voodoo and shit? I, I don't. No. Oh, no. All right. Well, no. I'm not interested then. Jake. Yeah. Sorry. Or uh, Brian. <laughs> that's, that's actually, like, tough. I actually kind of identify a little bit with the Chiefs. I don't know why. I just kind of like the Chiefs. There's no really, really – Romeo like, Cornell. <laughs> I have a story about Romeo Cornell's nipples. It's Joe, Joe Montana. <laughs> I was going to go OJ, but I figured I would, I would try Romeo first. <laughs> no, I just – I don't know. Like, the Arrowhead Stadium's always just – the fans there, I guess I kind of identify. You know what? No, I'll, I'll check that a little bit. Buffalo, for some reason. Uh, you live in snow. Why do you? What, what, no, Buffalo? I just like the, the four Super Bowl thing. and like. Oh, the, you like losers. Uh, n- well, I live in Ohio. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I can identify, Probably clapped guess, at the like, Tomy statue. Yeah. <laughs> what can I identify with other than a team that goes to four straight Super Bowls and they lose? What, and then the fans still show up and like they love that team. Like the kicker, they love that guy. They still love that guy. They, like, cheered him on even though he missed the field goal. Like, I, I somehow identify with that. And, like, in my heart, I always kind of want the Bills to do good. But they're never going to do good as long as Tom Brady is still quarterback in the Patriots and Belichick's still around. Like, I just – there's nothing they can do in the next probably five to seven years that will make them a contender in that division. The roof's falling in. Yeah, something happened upstairs. Wow. I certainly hope they're hmm. not closed. No. We have another hour. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Before who's, they, who's before your, who's your, you're not, you divorced the Browns a long, a long time, time ago. ago. The Browns, ESPN, I'm out. You're still out. I'm still you're out. still out on ESPN. No, I don't watch ESPN. Nothing has brought me back. I mean, I watch. Well, sure, games and shit. Yeah, 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 it doesn't count. But uh, I can't tell you the last time. I mean, I work from home, so, I mean, the TV's always on. It's never on ESPN. Wow. Never. Why are you That's still discipline. divorced from ESPN? Uh, well, Just out of curiosity. Well, I think originally it was because of all the. I don't know if you guys remember this. What was this, six or Rob, seven years ago? It was 
It was NFL. Remember that summer? It was like NFL every day in the summer. Yeah. And yeah. Kinda, I was yeah. kind of like, I can't do this every day. Right. That's, and yeah. then uh, Rob Parker. Rob Parker. Um, God, that was such a. Right. If, uh, if anybody, if, if if anyone's listening that don't remember what Rob Parker did, just uh, go just to uh, archives.sportshacks.com and yes. type in my name and you can find that article right yes. there. Yes. Um, but just all the, and then Skip Bayless and, oh. and all that. And I know he's at, you know, FS. No, nah, but I hate those guys. Skip Bayless. I just can't. And, and, oh. and I don't hate him. Like, I know why he does what he does, right? I mean, he gets, he gets paid very it's well. paid, yeah. Do his thing. But he doesn't get any ratings. It doesn't matter because the check still clears once. Yeah, it's, yeah. Right? Like, I don't care. It's like he's not a champion with ratings, but he's a champion at the bank. Right. That's what right. Jones always says. Right. That's so right. it's just it's just that stuff. I mean, and it's still kind of that. Again, I don't watch it, but I have to imagine it's still kind of all the same nonsense. You know, and, and, it, and it's I hear, uh, the 6 o'clock sports center is still terrible. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, and it didn't help when, you know, four or five months ago they, they fired every good person on the staff that they had. Uh, well, that's what they get for paying, you know, NFL a billion dollars a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they've banked on people, you know, staying engaged with them while they make their transition to Los Angeles and they've turned into the, the outfit that they are now. Uh, you know, I think, um, and, and people have kind of done what you've done and what I've tried to do, and that's, you know, if, if I can watch it anywhere else, I watch it somewhere right. else. And, and for me, a lot of that, Bill Simmons, you know, and I know that Simmons was 50% of that problem there. Sure. But I think that the way that that whole thing went down with him just wasn't good. No. You know? Sorry, my... Uh, no, 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 you're fine. I mean, say what you will about Bill Simmons, and there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of room to criticize Simmons, but Grantland was great. Was great. It was awesome. awesome. Great. It was fantastic. And they could have... And, and Simmons has even said this. Like, you could have continued Grantland after he left. It's just that Skipper or whoever's in charge of that place now, they didn't... Didn't they, drive revenue. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. And, and, yes, Grantland was not driving revenue. Yeah. I and mean, that's a lot of it. And there's a mm. lot of people that were on that staff. I mean, they have 40 people on that staff. Yeah. You know, and they're not making any money, but they don't know how to monetize anything. You know, they're so old school. Remember, they are part of Disney. You know, so it's so – everything is so old school for them. And now they're trying to make that digital transition. And they're behind who, – who would have ever thought today that we would sit here and say that Bleach Report is head of ESPN I, as far as digital? That's crazy. Wouldn't yeah. be able to say that. But it, but a hundred percent ahead of them. Oh, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be able to. I couldn't fathom that. Right. Right. You know. I mean, they get bought by Turner, who owns CNN, and now they're five or six light years ahead of everybody else. You know, in Barstool Sports, you know, ESPN can't compete with either one of those entities on a, on a day to day without the live programming. And to be real, neither one of those outlets are as good as ESPN. Right. Right. That's I mean, and, and I'm not, you know, so anybody listening, engaging. I'm not, they're so good at engaging. They're the so audience. good at engaging. And they know what the people that read their stuff and watch whatever they put out. Yeah. What's the, what's the morning show they did uh, with the pro football talk commander, whatever that thing is they do. Right. Co- commenter, the PFT well, yeah, commenter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I've never seen it, but it's very good. Yeah. You know what, what they do is, is really good because, and I, I almost wrote about that, but they've like, I wouldn't call it trolling, but they've like taken the, the coal, the coal bearization, if I can call it that. Right. Like they've taken this hysterical hot take thing to the, to a new level and it works and people love it. And, and it, I don't it like, I hate, I hate it. I think it's stupid how they, they can get so much, like they can drive so much traffic with the PF. PFT comment commentator commenter commenter, commenter. commenter yeah they're all over right. they do everything and people love it and right. I I and I'm not trying to 
throw my nose in the air about it. I just don't get it. Like I'm like I see what you're doing. Well, we're old. I hate to break to you. You're old, right? <laughs> and, the, and the people they're going for, eighteen to twenty-four. Yep. But and that's who's watching that. But also, as an old guy, I will tell you that. I like sports. I like podcasting. I like media. Obviously, I like dipping my toes in it. I had a podcast for a long time. Tried to write a long time. Like there was, there was always a little. There was always like a glimmer of hope when I was doing podcasts that maybe like I would be able to do media or something as a job. Like I really like it. I like this. It's fun. There's a part of me that resents the fact that they're able to build a platform and a business on that. But on the other hand. The same time I'm resenting that, that's funny as hell. I follow those dudes. Right. Like it's like I can't. Yep. You know I, what I'm I, I gonna am, do? I agree with that 100. <laughs> like, percent Part of me is like, you guys are just like you guys are just dicks. Like you and I'm and I'm looking at it. And here's the worst part about it. It is the absolute worst part about it. I I put and Damon, you you know this uh, better than probably anybody else. I put a lot of time and effort and money in into a thing and it didn't work out and whatever like it, it's not a big deal but then i watched these guys and i was like how can you be that much better at this right. and, and i'm not trying to make myself out into some sort of genius but jesus they are like they're taking ideas that we had and we were talking about and they just found a way to put it on social right. and to throw it up on a webcast and right and it just works so good yep. right they're just like, they're for like them. the guys That's in right. high school that are super talented at a sport and they don't put the effort they don't even have to try. They, they just, just they just go out there. Yeah. Well, they're trying now. Like I don't want to take any. I I've said I've said you know critical things about Bleacher Report and Barstool in the past. And, we all did. And yeah, and and I well, <laughs> all of us and look, slideshows. Remember when Bleacher Report was yeah. slideshows for the first three years? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's all terrible. It mm-hmm. And it, it was, but they worked their ass off. Right. They figured it out. I mean, and sure, there's a little look. There's a little bit of luck in everybody's success. I didn't get to where I am in my day job just from being great. Like there's luck. Right. There's luck in everybody's success, and nobody should ever forget that. I mean, there's nobody can succeed without a little bit of luck, without a little bit of just knowing the right person or walking into the right room at the right time or whatever it is. But, I mean, those guys also work their ass off. Yeah, I, of course, I got of course. nothing to do, but, I mean, I, I love them for it. Great job, but, man. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It's crazy yeah. that they could build yeah. those humongous companies off of that. Right. I mean, it's to yeah. the point where... I'm sure you guys know this, but Turner owns Bleach Report and Sports Illustrated, right? And then CNN. And CNN dumped Sports Illustrated for Bleach Report. You guys probably don't remember this, but that's who does all of CNN sports stuff is now Bleach Report. Yeah. Wow. And when that happened, everybody's like, why would you dump Sports Illustrated for Bleach Report? Because it was slideshow hell. Right. right. And now, five, four or five or six years later, everybody right. goes, it's the best move that CNN's ever made. Right. Well, Bleach Report at the time and... And the thing that I will give him credit for, I didn't like the slideshows. I, you know, and I don't like all this like move the digital thing that everybody's doing in the videos and firing writers and everything. Uh, and, and look, the Jerry's still out. If that's gonna work, if what like Fox Sports did is going to work, because when Bleacher Report, they're they're writing a new playbook. I mean, they're they're doing. They started doing a thing that nobody else was doing. And a lot of some people liked it. Some people didn't. I mean, I really think more people didn't like it than did, but they were finding their way through and they found it. Right. And, and I think, I mean, you and I both know this. I mean, we used to write all the time, yeah. four, five, six hundred words. And Bleach Report put something up for with 200 words and you go on, their, on the page and it's got 230 page views. Yeah. And it's like 
two sentences and a link to something else. Yep. What? You know, and then, like you just mentioned, Fox Sports. Ken Rosenthal can't write anywhere. He has a write on his Facebook page because they dumped every single piece of writing on Fox Sports' webpage. Fox Sports has no writers. How crazy is that? Fox Sports, no writers. It, that's a sin. That is a sin. I totally that's and, rough. Yeah. And look, like I, like I just said, in, in four years, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do our third podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on video only. <laughs> right, right. And maybe we'll be sitting here talking about how that worked. I, I mean, I don't see it now. I didn't see a way that Bleacher Report was going to get through the forest either. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I want, go ahead. I wanted to roster back up about like just ESPN. Sure. Kind of like – so me, to me, ESPN is like SportsCenter is the flagship, right, for ESPN. I remember a day when turn on SportsCenter and it would be Gras and Van Pelt. They'd be anchoring SportsCenter, and you'd get an hour of highlights, and it was beautiful, and it was exactly what I wanted. I could catch up on everything. Um, and now SportsCenter, there's three different SportsCenters. There's the Good Morning America version in the morning. It's essentially Good Morning America, but it's sports-centered. That's uh, uh, funny. Um, Wait till Greenberg comes on in October. Yep. Oh, that's, yeah, that's yep. right. I forgot. Yeah, Mike and Mike, the flagship radio program is going away. They're splitting ways. But then you have, like, the the 6 o'clock Sports Center, which, I mean, their ratings are awful, and I just don't, don't want to watch it, A, because I'm not home because I'm working. Um, but it's it's more of, like, Let's talk about social issues in sports with a touch of sports. And then uh, then you actually have the good sports center with Scott Van Pelt at midnight. Like they're like, let's keep a little bit of that original sports center at midnight. Well, we'll put it on really late. And like, that's the one that I want to watch. And that's because maybe I'm older and that's what I remember. And I'm nostalgic about it. But if you want to succeed, go back to that. Stick to sports. I mean, well, what I think, here, but here's the thing. I think that, uh, first of all, I, I like the Van Pelt Sports Center the best also, and that's usually why I'm an asshole in the morning at work. But <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's – I don't think that they put that on and those shows are failing. I think they're doing all right or as all right as a cable sports show is going to do in this day and age. I mean, numbers are down, but I don't think there's a way to get the numbers where they were. I think these shows and what we're watching are what, if, if I were 18, probably what I wanted to watch. Just like when I was 18, what was on was what I wanted to watch. I mean, ESPN, it feels to us now in this specific generation, we're sitting in the basement of a cigar shop doing a podcast, right? I mean, we're, we're a niche demographic. We are not, we're not what everybody's going for anymore. Like the only thing people want out of me is my wallet. They're not looking for my, my eyes anymore. You know, you know what I mean? So ESPN's good at this. It, I don't feel like it's successful to my taste, but it's, they're probably doing as well as they can do in this current climate on their, on their broadcast. Right. And, and to dial this back to what, you know, you guys are just saying, I mean, remember when you had that five o'clock hour of uh, PTI and around the horn, and then you had sports center right after at six o'clock. And we're like, this is the greatest two hours of television every day. I had a fun time. That's right. Yep. Yep. That was was work and make that happen. That's right. Apparently the people who are home at four o'clock and five o'clock and six o'clock don't care about that. And the other part of this that we all forget is what else has changed on the cable side, NFL network, NBA network, MLB network. So why do I need to go to sports center to sit there for 45 minutes so I can watch Indians highlights when I can go to Indians Twitter account 
or go on the Indians webpage yeah. and watch all they, the highlights they, I want. They no well, longer and, have the monopoly on the information, that's, and, right? That's they, I mean, they idea. still have they still have, and this is changing every day. Also, uh, they they still have a lot of the big names that are that are still breaking some of the news. You still have the Adam Schefters and all those things who who tend to be out in front of things. They Although, Woj. Yeah, but but how about this? We don't even I don't even know what that guy looks like. Yeah. You, I mean, ESPN essentially just bought his Twitter account. Well, that's yeah. because you don't... Oh, Woj? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Schefter. No, no, no. I can describe Schefter's office to you with the Michigan helmet and all, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, Warren, I mean, his face isn't even on his Twitter account. It never has been. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know right. what he looks like, but my point is, is I don't. if he's on TV, it's maybe two or three times a year. Sure. You know? Right. Like they got NBA free agency stuff. Guys. Yeah. They got rid of all those guys to bring in Wojnarowski and... He's just there to break news. And yeah. Shams, his protege from the verticals, beating him to everything too, right. which is like the with the font. That's 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 my favorite thing. And that, but but also it's my favorite thing just because I come from the oh I like ESPN the way it used to be. But but here and what you were saying about checking the Indians Twitter account or checking the whatever, I don't. It's not even about being able to go to different outlets for it. I'm I can do it at work. Like I'm at my desk. You can do it on I, your. You can do it I on your it on, schedule. I see it on Twitter. Yep. I see, when I go to the bathroom, maybe for a little bit too long, or I, I'm. The, but look, I listen. I listen to David Griffin on the jump, on the podcast. I didn't. I didn't watch it on the jump, right? Like Dan Lebetard's one of my favorite guys. I don't watch Highly Questionable on ESPN. Uh, not that I don't like it. I actually do kind of like Highly Questionable. But I listen to the podcast of his radio show. But how? How? I, how I mean, that's ES, what I listen to. How is ESPN this big, or as big as they are, and still has no idea what to do with podcasting? Oh man, I don't. I think they've got too many cooks it? in the kitchen. Well, and they've, like they've you've got really highly focused. That's right. At Barstool or or other outlets, they're very highly focused. And think this is what we do. And ESPN's like part of this a big conglomeration, right? You, as you said, they're part of Disney. Right. So there's a lot of hands, you know, mixing the dough there. That everybody's got an opinion. I actually think I have the answer. Okay. They've they've, they've oh. had podcasts before, though. I mean, they've had, had podcasting since the beginning. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, they they've had successful podcasts that have gone on to become their own things. I mean, look at something like the Men and Blazers show, things right. like that. Those are all things that they started at ESPN, and they've gone out and they've you know they've they've become their own kind of worldwide phenomenon. And there's I'm sure there's countless others that that have kind of gotten their start there and and you know have branched off because ESPN's just like well 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 okay. But hang on one second here, and I'm to to go to what you're saying. <clears throat> excuse me. Simmons was just on. Um, I can't remember whose podcast he was on, but he he made the joke that they would monetize his podcast by throwing Subway in. Yeah. Like he would he would be like the throw in. You know, one of the, I mean, his podcast probably gets eight hundred down eight hundred thousand downloads a week. And they can't. They don't. They don't know how to monetize that. You know, we were just talking about how they can't make money. But you have all these great podcasts, like the one that you just mentioned, and Low Post, which is very good. Yeah, I don't right. even like basketball, but I listen to that podcast because it's very good. You're yeah. a referee for basketball, and you don't like basketball. No, they pay me a lot of money. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, that's fair. I like money. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, I think the biggest answer to that, and I mean, obviously, not being not knowing how to monetize it is a problem. But I think even if they could, ESPN is has always been and at least it seems like under john skipper they always will be and especially under disney's ownership they always will be they have to control everything pod center is why espn yep. can't figure out what to do oh, yeah, with podcasts they, they, st- yep. they try to put everything in pod center everything's right. got to go through pod center that's not how it works Look, yeah. if you want to have a successful podcast you've you've got to cede enough control 
to Apple and Stitcher. Right. Because because Apple and iTunes controls podcasts. Period. If you want to be on the podcast map, you're on iTunes. Yeah. Right? yeah. It, uh, if I can't download you on iTunes, and, I'm not listening. Right. And there are some, even even the jump for some reason, like you can't, I can't like, pa- I, I had to listen to the whole 24 minutes or whatever it was in a row. When I stopped it and I hit play again, Started took me back that. to the beginning. Oh my. Right. Yeah, and good. that's, no, that's no not good at all. But, and, and that's why I don't have to go watch ESPN because I listen to everything that I, you know, if I'm... I get to work in the morning and I sit down and I go through some stuff and it gets to be like time where I'm going to take a break or I look at my phone or something and I see a story go by on Twitter or I see somebody talking about what somebody talked about on a podcast, whether it's uh, whether it's Gladwell's new podcast, Revisions History is awesome or Freakonomics or an NPR thing or if it's a sports thing or the low post. I mean, there are some ESPN podcasts, obviously, that are on iTunes and everything, but whatever that is, like that's where I go. And if it happens to be a sports story, like the only reason that I would be watching ESPN is because I would hope they would talk about this thing that I wanted to talk about. And if I see that go by my Twitter timeline at nine o'clock in the morning while I'm standing at the coffee machine waiting for a new pot to brew, I'm just going to go back to my desk and fire the podcast up. I don't have to turn ESPN on when I get home. Yeah, I I just they don't know what to do. Yeah, there are too many places. They're trying to do too much. You know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. This is obviously out of the weeds here. At some point, Disney will sell off ESPN because they will have to. Yes. Yeah, I think so, and too. And I think that that's probably the best thing for Disney and their shareholders and everybody that's got any kind of stake in ESPN is for them to just go be their own thing or let somebody else buy them so that Iger doesn't have a heart attack when they you know, give somebody a billion dollars a year for rights or whatever. But but in the meantime, I mean, they're they're completely out of it. They're lost. Yeah. You know, And their television strategy, I get it. you got to have this sport. you got to have that sport. Well, how does Fox come in? And take the Big Ten from you, right? And now we're going to have Ohio State, Michigan at eight o'clock at night, the day after the day after Thanksgiving. I think what what's hurting, which by the way, I think is a great idea for the record. I, I think what's hurting, what hurt the big the ESPN the most about the sports issue, like the buying the rights for sports, is, and this is like the one thing that I think that they kind of got jobbed into. I don't think it was really. Uh, obviously they opened their pocketbooks and you could call it irresponsible spending and everything, but they, they bought the last rounds of really expensive licenses, like right before the bubble burst. It, you know, like if you bought a house right before the bubble burst, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think they kind of got job there because I don't, the, the actual volume of dollars will probably always continue to go up. Uh, inflation and things like that but the relative value of sports licenses i don't know how that can keep growing with all of the different avenues that we have to watch sports nowadays right i mean and you know the thing about their nfl deal is obviously they they give the nfl a billion dollars a year because they want to be able to show those clips right away Mm -hmm. i mean that's the only reason why they spent that kind of money but Mm -hmm. you're giving them 1.2 or whatever billion dollars a year and you have the fourth worst or the fourth best schedule of all the providers Right. You know, yeah, I mean, Sunday sure. night and Thursday night is killing Monday night football. I mean, can, last year, Monday night football was probably the best it's been in five years. Can the NFL can the NFL keep getting more expensive? I don't know how. Are they print There's money. Too much. They print yeah. money. There's too much football. It's. I mean, it, it's a bubble. Like you said, it's it's, it's we just we've reached the point like where that cycle has got to come crashing down at one point. And especially when you look at. You know, we were talking about target demographics and you're talking about youth and who they're pointing to now. And, you know, we don't have to talk about Kaepernick a ton or Ray Rice, whatever it is like. But you have all these issues that 
younger people, younger fans really give a shit about. And, you know, there's at some point that value has got to go down unless something in the sport changes or something in the leadership, you know, who knows? Like there are always avenues, things that could happen that would change within that sport. But I mean, as look, as, as boomers are getting stuck in nursing homes without the ability to, to sue for medical malpractice anymore. I, I got to imagine that once younger people are the, the main breadwinners and spending the most money that those rights can't continue to get more valuable. So do you think, and I'll ask you guys, cause you guys are younger. If you had $2 billion in the bank, would you spend it on an NFL franchise or would you go MLS? I, I wouldn't go, or, ML, I mean, yeah, I mean, or something else. I, I, I would say I, if I had $2 billion to spend on a sports team, I, I it would not go to an NFL team. Uh, you know, I, I could say it probably would be uh, baseball, basketball, soccer would be the three sports that I would be willing to put any money into because I think the, the fact that football and, and hockey by kind of a connection to the physical side of things, um, people are just, I think, getting less and less into – watching each other run into each other and run each other into the walls. I love hockey. I love football. But I think as as I get older and as the people who are younger than me get older, uh, you know, I think that's a big part of why people are losing interest because it's like, I mean, it, you know, it's cool, but it's at the same time, it's like I have to, you know, probably once a week I see somebody get injured in a way that, disturbs oh, me football injuries are right yeah but, but jesus not to cut you off here, but i mean i think the big elephant in the room we haven't said here is concussions yeah yeah right i mean i think if and you know kids and all this other stuff but i mean i see kids every day and i talk to parents a lot and i go how come x y and z is not playing football right well because 10 or 15 years from now they want their kids to remember where they were when they were in third grade I right. mean, because yeah. and i think that that's i know they're trying to helmets and all this other stuff but I mean, what was the thing that came out about the nfl you know a couple couple weeks ago about concussions and them being the big driver. And by the way, there's only this many people that play in the NFL. Right. right? I mean, right. it's Pop Warner and it's high school and right. it's college and all well, the other if, stuff. If, all the injuries happen. If I don't play football, and I, you know, and I, I played in the street and I played, I never played organized football, right? But in the street. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, you know, the streets it, of uh, Baton Rouge. He right? made a he made a gang <laughs> slide. Slide L, slide L, not not Baton Rouge. You went too far north. But um, <laughs> if you know, if I didn't play football. Um, as I get older, I mean, what's driving me to watch it? I mean, you know, and, and, and if I, I don't, you know, I have, I have a daughter, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not, if I'm not watching football on Sunday, she's certainly not watching football on Sunday. Uh, you know, and, and anyone who has kids who's not watching, you know, I think that that's a big driver is that as, as my generation starts to have kids and starts to be the drivers and our generation as well here, as we start to be the drivers of what is put on, you know, put on. Uh, if we're not watching, then our kids are not watching. Who's in ten years, fifteen years? Who's watching? Well, and you know, I think that f- for a while there, um, baseball's popularity had kind of ebbed, right? And basketball didn't really get to be huge yet. Uh, football was where you went, but baseball got popular again. Basketball has become a, a global sports force. Stupid, entertaining. The NBA is. Yeah, yeah, I th- I character driven, uh, but yeah, but even if it right. but but regardless of like what brought it there and and I agree, but like that 
it's the fact that it's there. So now when Damien, when you're looking at a kid who you would say, Jesus, look at that kid. He could play football. Why isn't he playing football? Well, because basketball is a place that that kid can play now. It isn't just football. Look at LeBron, Aaron judge. Aaron judge is the same size as LeBron James. Yeah. He's a big dude, okay. yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. He is massive. Right? And I believe so, he turned down a football scholarship right. to play baseball. Right. So now there's a, well, a, I mean, so now there's a place for uh, talented young athletes to look at that have those really massively impressive physiques and 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 athletic body styles. It doesn't have to be football now, right? You know, if you're if you're six seven, two hundred eighty pounds. You're not looking at your future athletic life and going, well, I can be a blocking tight end. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? so to spin this, actually, to spin this back to Hall of Fame, Randy Moss, right? Who I think we would all agree is probably one of the most talented athletes Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. Do you ever. think if he were coming out of high school now, he plays basketball or football? I think he plays basketball. Yeah, he honestly plays basketball. Basketball, yeah. yeah. You know, and but I, the money wasn't there. It was nothing. Uh, right. I mean, Fifteen or twenty years ago, it wasn't there. It, it was, wasn't there was the same. Nothing there. But right. Now yeah. He could he could go to to college for one year. One year. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and they go and go right to the NBA. After yep, that. yep, that's right. Well, fifteen or twenty years ago, right? The the stars were. I mean, George, you, know, you had the stars, but then anybody that was really big or really athletic was Antonio Davis. Yeah, right. Anybody remember Antonio? Yeah, I do. You, you yeah. know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you weren't the power structure in basketball was different, and. And now, I mean, you can be anything. Like you, you can be that mid-size. Where in the old-time basketball, you were just kind of that mid-size guy. You know, you were right. Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley's a Hall of Famer. But there were seven hundred other guys that were Charles Barkley that you never saw. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah it's all different. And concussions, and where the money is, and where where you can get it, get in where you fit in. As I, I say, I think if I had two billion dollars, I think the best value two billion, not million. two billion, yeah, two million, yeah, two billion. I think the best value is soccer. I think MLS is. I mean, we yeah. talked to, actually we talked the about best, this. In the Slack, best right? value is MLS. Yeah. About somebody just want to give MLS whatever uh, relegation uh, promotion. Amount of money. Yeah. For, yeah. Which I I think we can probably agree, I agree disagree on this, but I think that they're smart by turning. That I down think they were smart by turning that down. Not too. doing the relegation thing, and you got new ones. They're not. Coming they're not out. ready yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're it's the time. The time. You know, there will be a time in for MLS when when they are ready. I I hope. But right. right now is not that time, uh, and I mean I think that I think you're right. About, I mean soccer being, you know, every it's, it, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of the bubble right now that that's that's kind of on the up. You know, baseball is ebbing again. Basketball's you know probably close to peak popularity, but you know soccer not just you know because of how easy it is to watch things digitally and you know to watch things on the computer and not having to worry about it being on TV. Like oh I don't have that channel so I can't watch that. Well that's you know that that's not really necessarily how it works anymore. I can you know I can watch. Slovakian soccer, yeah. well, on on the internet, you know, and and if I like soccer enough, uh, which I, I don't think I do enough to watch Slovakian soccer, but you know, if I if I, if I if I like it enough, you know, I can find it anytime, all year. There's always soccer going on, and uh, you know, I think you're right. I think that is. I think that's, I, I think that's definitely the best value. And 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 look, the the whole MLS relegation thing. Um, I, I think that ML. I, I mean, I think that there can be a soccer league that's run like. 
are professional leagues. I don't think that relegation has to be a thing that happens for it to be successful. I'm not saying that it couldn't. Like I, I don't have a dog in that fight, but it could go either way. Right. Maybe they never have relegation. I mean, the NFL doesn't have relegation. We don't, we don't have to be like the guys on the other side of the pond. Well, we don't true. have to be. No, no I mean, that's and true. maybe they will be. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's not that's not like a go America. You know, America first. We don't have relegation, but. I mean, I don't think that's necessary, but the value, like if, if I want to get money out of it quicker, or if I'm interested in money that isn't necessarily a hundred percent, uh, directly related to the actually owning the team, the NBA is probably the way that I want to go. Um, but if I'm looking at it as a long, like if I'm, if I'm a day trader, it's the NBA. If I'm putting money faithfully away in my 401k, it's the MLS. Ryan, what do you think? If you got, if you have two billion dollars, what are you buying here? I mean, and I'll, I'll agree with that. I mean, if I'm coming from a purely economic standpoint, if I want money now, I would actually, I'd go to the NBA, maybe even the NFL, maybe because I know that that money tree is gonna yeah, twenty years, right? You'll still be good for the next twenty years. But the MLS, I could go to a city that doesn't have a team, and there are people that want like uh, Minnesota's this, guy is trying to buy a team yeah. in uh, Nashville. Yeah. The guy who owns uh, the Vikings. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. well, is he on Arsenal too? Is that am I right there? It's Crunky is the guy who okay. owns yeah, Arsenal. He's so a, he's a Rams owner. Yeah, but I'm talking about Ziggy Wolf or the Wolf. Oh, okay, I would put a team in Austin right now. I, I don't even know if they have an MLS team. I well, don't follow MLS, but if I had a team, I'd go to Austin. I'd get land. I'd build a stadium. I'd put a team there because it it wouldn't cost much to do it, and I would have money left over. I could reinvest, and once MLS hits its stride, I'm going to just print money. Right. Well, and and we're we're also in a place now in America where there's a lot of, I mean, take like a place like Cincinnati. There's there's ready-made soccer culture in cities across the country that are ready for an MLS team that have teams that are playing in the lower tier that just don't have the money or don't have the stadium or whatever it is to to move up just yet. So you take a city where you know they're uh, you know Cincinnati is probably the best example. I mean they've been doing real real well this year in the U.S. Open Cup. You know they're bringing out lots of fans to Nippert Stadium and they're having this big fight with folks in the Cincinnati area about building a stadium because uh, the MLS has kind of said, look, you, you got to have a stadium or else we, we can't we can't let you in the league. We're not going to have is, more teams. Which is fair, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think it's fair. I mean, I you know do, sure. should the yeah, shacks, but, should the taxpayers yeah. pay for it? Yeah, but, I mean that's the argument. Yeah, yeah. no, the yeah. taxpayers should never pay for anything. Right. But but uh, but you know they got to have they got to have a stadium right so if you take somewhere like like cincinnati uh sacramento austin i would bet is a good shout indianapolis there's there's teams there it's it's there you know but they're they're middling right but because they play at, they play at purdue or they play at nippert stadium right or they play at the university of texas right so you know if, if you have two billion dollars to come in and you build a stadium that's good enough like matt free in columbus i mean that's nobody's looking at that as some kind of modern engineering marvel it's right. good enough yeah, it's you know very good enough you you uh yeah. you well, build the stadium fun place though too yeah it yeah. is it's, nice. it's yeah. good enough it's good enough that's right. right and if you build something just like that in cincinnati and you have two billion dollars i mean we're probably talking you know 10 15 million for that and then you've got all the rest of it to reinvest in whatever you want with the team but that's why i think that's the mls is the long game investment because and uh, and i won't pretend like i'm an expert in the economics of how all the other mls stadiums have gotten built but i mean look at the fights that you have over uh, the q renovation which is you know the the best professional sports team cleveland is probably ever seen or at least anybody who's alive has ever seen you know and 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 we were fighting hard over public uh, public funds right which is to, a lot to go, of money no it is but to go into that stadium and and it's probably going to win and i don't think it should but 
I don't know that you're going to have the kind of support to fight that fight for an MLS stadium, no. even in a city that's ready for an MLS team. No, you're team. right. You're right. It's so got to be. You've got to be you. able to pay yep. that. It's like gotta be you've you got to go in there, and so so you're like you know, you buy an MLS team, you're you're a loss for a decade. Yeah, maybe yeah. you could be. Yeah, you, you know what? I, well, be. and I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. That's that means it's a bad investment. But like that's just the reality of it. You're going to have to pay off your stadium. You know, you're not starting with a bunch of money. No. You're, it's not like it's not like you're going to sell jerseys in the first three weeks. No. and suddenly make a whole bunch of them, that money back. Nope. But I think the part that we kind of maybe skipped over, maybe if I just missed it. I mean, there's so many kids right now who are playing oh, soccer. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, we're mm-hmm. in Medina and. I'm sure you can name four or five places in Medina where those soccer fields. I mean, they have 15 they're full or 20 all the fields, time. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. You know, Brexville, same thing. Friday, yep. Saturday, Sunday. I think yep. a lot of kids right now, for whatever reason, and it probably goes back to what we said about guys like Randy Moss who could play another sport but played this sport. Right. Anybody can play soccer. Right. Dude, if you and can run. Yep. Without killing yourself. Right. For 90 minutes, you're in. Yep. And Boys, ex- girls, yes. doesn't matter. Everybody it's accessible too. And let, let me tell cheap. you. Yeah. Comparatively, I'm cheap enough to still shop at Walmart sometimes. And I was walking through Walmart the other day, and they've got soccer cleats that Starter makes for seven dollars. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think for a long time the problem uh, anybody can play soccer. shoes. Yep. Yeah. Shoes the, and a ball. It's the new track and field. Yep. To be honest with you. Well, yeah. Track think, and field without doping. Right. For for a long time, soccer was was tough and it was not accessible because it was expensive to play. When I was when I think when Ryan and I were coming up, if you wanted to play soccer and be actually good at it, you had to play travel soccer and you oh, had to, yeah. your parents had to pay all kinds of money. Uh, now. You know, it's you just go play. Anybody. You know, and, and and we're not to the point obviously where people are people are playing soccer in the streets and you know and i don't think we'll get to that point because at least not not in the near future because uh you know that's just not necessarily the way the way the united states you know kind of operates athletically but we are at a place now where you know i think probably four or five out of ten kids has has got to be playing soccer just based on what i can see but look we're not that far off we're not that far off because Every kid, when you're like, that's the first thing you, the first thing my two and a half year old learned how to do is kick a ball. Like she runs around the backyard and kicks the soccer ball and uh, plays with her mini golf set. Right. Right. I mean, like that's the, that's the first stuff that she learned how to do. And everybody, I never played soccer, but I sure as hell with friends, like we would be bored and in the backyard and set up a goal and kick the ball. You know what I mean? So if there are a few more and if, and, uh, a few more well-marketed professional soccer teams that get some play and they start to get on TV, you're not far. Yeah. Like it, it's not far from taking all those kids who the first thing that we all did was kick a ball. And if you go out there and you kick a ball and then you go in the house and the thing that's on TV is a soccer game. That's why, you know, you know, like that's why I started playing basketball because every, there's a, thousand basketball hoops in every neighborhood those kids aren't like basketball players but they learn to love it because it's in their yard and they go throw the basketball around then they go in the house and lebron's on tv that's right so that's what you need if you can get a couple of lebron's on tv in soccer when those kids come in from kicking their ball around now they all want to play soccer well i think a lot of this sorry brian give me one second here i think a lot of this comes back to and i don't watch world cup but that women's world cup from 15 or 20 years ago, oh, I think yeah. is my, maybe the Kickstarter for why a lot of people started to like soccer or watch soccer or want. I mean, that's kind of when the MLS started, right? It was right around that, what was that, 
1999, that Women's World Cup or was whatever? 90, oh, yeah, it was 90, yeah, it was 1999. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I kind of think that, I mean, that was 17 years ago, and here we are. Yeah. Right, right. You know what? Now we have all these fields. Right. And everybody's playing soccer. I was going to say, too, and then let's say I have a kid and they're, you know, sophomore in high school, and they're athletically gifted, right? If I'm mom and dad and I see on, you know, uh, Bleacher Report – what did Neymar get? What was the? Fee? I believe his transfer fee was uh, 190 million pounds. Pounds, P- not dollars. Pounds. If I'm an NFL player of average stature, what is it like eight million dollars? Well, he doesn't. He doesn't get that transfer fee. I mean, he's on. He's on about probably 300 thousand pounds a week. So oh, that's a rough okay, life. Yeah. yeah. But so, still, if we're talking dollars, dollars and cents here, that's how. Yeah, that's how. Uh, that, that's uh, soccer. You know, it works kind of in a, in a weekly way. So you have to kind of kind of scope that out but it's a lot of money it's more money than football players are. i've got an opportunity in soccer to make some money all right i think i think that's it i mean uh, obviously the second half of the podcast i think was better and more interesting than the first but uh, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun we're going to wrap it up here so this was the first sports x podcast damien um you are the poobah of sports facts i am i guess i am just a hanger on at this point here we go so how how uh how many sports hacks podcasts do you see in the future? Uh, I mean, uh, once or twice a month would be great. I'm not saying we all got to come here, but you know, we do have Skype. So we Skype, do. We do have Skype. We do have Skype. That's okay. the thing. We could do Skype, and that way these guys don't have to drive up from Canton all the time. Well, I live in Brunswick, so you're good. Oh, yeah. I actually don't mind driving because I can't smoke cigars in my domicile, so I don't mind coming up here. Okay. Well, we'll figure we it call out. it a house here with stupid people. <laughs> it's a I, don't, house. I don't know what a domicile is. <laughs> 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 Thank you for helping me out with that, Josh. <laughs> the, the boss doesn't let me smoke in the house, and neither does the landlord. So, <laughs> fair enough. Well, that's uh, so. Any other closing remarks you want to make on the first ever podcast? No, this was great. I, again, I appreciate you guys coming up. I know we were supposed to do this a few weeks ago, but we all know how summer is in Cleveland. It's about two weeks, and we were we, busy. We were busy yes. every day. So, Ryan, anything you'd like to say to close out the first Sports X podcast? particularly enjoyed it it was uh for me it wasn't very focused i usually do very hyper focused baseball stuff so this is nice to kind of just have a general conversation about the media and sports uh looking forward to the next one jake yeah i mean i think i i echo a lot of uh, what ryan said you know being able to talk about general stuff and kind of getting out of the that niche uh you know Indians or just Cleveland centric thing. Uh, it's always nice when I can get on and kind of talk about soccer and not have everybody look at me like I have three heads. So uh, yeah, I think uh, any anytime you guys want to talk more about uh, MLS or anything like that, I'll this be will here. Be on Pod Center, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> great. For anyone, for anyone listening, Jake does not have three heads. He only has two, like the rest of us. Uh, <laughs> there it is, folks. Uh, yeah, that's all. I mean, I like talking about everything too, just because I'm not smart enough to do hyper focused anything. And so that's all for Damian Bowman, Ryan Thompson, and Jake Altman. This has been the first Sports Hacks podcast today. Just to give one quick last shout out, we're at Medina Cigar. They're not paying us anything, but I love this place, and we're hanging out in their basement. So they have been great to us they're right on uh, route 18 in medina so come on down and grab a cigar from them they'd be great and that's all uh for damien ryan and jake it's josh flagner let's get out of here go everton